Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Imagine if Michigan State and Michigan have to play and they put the damn thing in San Antonio, Texas. And SI's Pat Forty. You go in and get new tires while you're buying your back-to-school clothes. You're very cheap. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Brought to you by Sears and Roebuck. (laughs) Get your catalog. Get your $5 jeans. Oh, oh, (laughs) yeah. Get anything. Used to get anything at Sears Roebuck. Absolutely. It was like Target before Target. Never thought Sears and Roebuck would dominate the conversation of Big Ten media. (laughs) Didn't see that one coming. But uh, did not see that one coming. Our intrepid now feeling himself a little bit commissioner, Kevin Warren. Oh boy, is he? Yeah, you sat down with him, so we'll get to it. But just to set the table, uh, obviously Kevin Warren entered, kind of botched the we ain't we ain't going to play due to COVID, then got upstaged by everybody, then played. Everyone was mad at him. Athletic directors are ready to do a vote of no confidence to him, according to one story. Uh, all sorts of problems. Now he is, uh, he kind of, he strutted in like that Vince McMahon uh, little video. He just, just, he just came in and was like, yeah, when I was a kid, getting the Sears and Roebuck catalog and picking out our birthday present was the it's the highlight of the year. Going to Sears and Roebuck was awesome. And now there ain't a whole lot of Sears and Roebucks left, and we aren't going to be Sears and Roebuck. I use the blockbuster analogy, which is probably at least one generation closer to <laughs> relevance. <laughs> but he's right, okay? And this is the this is the juxtaposition that we talked about with Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey and even Klavkov and these other guys and, and Jim Phillips at the ACC was going – Remember how great it was when the Sears and Roebuck catalog showed up in the mail? (laughs) And I don't remember that. I think I remember something called the Sears and Roebuck catalog, but I don't I don't know. But I think that was big in like rural. It was, you know, it was like Amazon before Amazon. Yeah, we should have thought of this. We should have thought of this. (laughs) That thing was really good if you lived in like nowhere near a Sears and Roebuck. But. Yeah, you could order something and show up to get your stuff instead of a day. But yeah, yeah, stuff would show Mm -hmm. up. I used Blockbuster, and remember, it was fun to go to Blockbuster. You walked oh, in, yeah. you knew you were getting a movie, you looked at all mm-hmm. the little covers, the cover art was big, this is attractive, you know, and Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs up, all right, maybe we'll get this, but the popular movies were out, and you'd get one, and it would skip and be scratched, and yeah, I got hit <laughs> with a late fee, and now you just sit there and pop on Netflix or whatever your thing, and you could just scan through it. It's better. And there's no more blockbuster. And that's Kevin Warren is not going to let the Big Ten be that. And he is saying we ain't we may not be done. We may be. But in the next three to five years, we're going to you embrace this or you you're going to get left behind. And it's jarring to the old school. It's jarring to hear. It's not great. We really don't need an internal (laughs) fight. Like, you know, like I said, a lot many times the AFC East does not coach the NFC North for teams and destable. And then someone's kicked, kicked out of the NFL. It doesn't happen. So, you know, it's not great, but this is where we're at. And I just thought Kevin Warren was like, you know, he's not the best. He's not great at expressing his vision at a podium. I think he's better when he talks one-on-one, but um, there's a lot of the quotes that came out off of that, including your really good story on SI.com expressed that, but he was, he was laying it out there. We're not getting pushed around. We're doing the pushing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he, he was a new man uh, compared to what we had seen from him the previous two years. You know, in 2020, when he was he was new and he absolutely did walk into a hurricane when all of a sudden he's dealt with a pandemic and canceling things and trying to figure out the right way through that and his 
his management was shaky at best through that. And his tenure, yes, uh, was was in trouble. And then last year, he was caught flat-footed like everybody else by Texas and Oklahoma and the new power surge from the SEC. And you know, I don't think he inspired a lot of people at Big Ten Media Days in 2021. But then they turn around and they're the poacher and they make the power move. And he came in, as you said, he was feeling himself. I, I really do think that. He is very confident right now. Uh, I think he feels like he's got the full backing, not just of the the presidents and chancellors, but also Fox Sports, which matters a lot. And uh, yes, yeah, so the whole tune is was was very much like, don't be left behind, and we are not going to be left behind. And the Big Ten is very sure of that because they're they're so well positioned now. So uh, it was a it was a totally different Kevin Warren than we have seen. And again, yeah, because to your point, behind closed doors, he's super engaging and. You know, much more, I think, forceful uh, than he is necessarily at a podium. But, uh, you know, he, he detailed in, uh, some incredible some of the incredibly ugly times in 2020, which we can get to. Uh, but but he laid it out there on a number of different fronts. Very some very interesting takes. We can go through one at a time, really. But we we will go ahead. We'll, we'll get to said, that. And, sequence. I, and I agree. Just to reiterate. I think one of the problems he has is uh, the fans only see him at the podium. Yeah. And so and this is true with a lot of people. You know, I've always seen I used to always say like Rick Patino was one of the best podium people I've ever seen. He's yep. like he 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 in you know, super engaging from a podium and maybe even less so not. Some people can just turn it on. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting there at you know, covering a Rick Patino basketball game. He says everything you need to, you need right at the podium and then he's gone. You're like, "Do I need to talk to him after?" Not really. No. He he said everything and other coaches mumble and don't do anything. And then they're unbelievable. People talk about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick. You're sitting in his office. Incredible. Freaking Mm -hmm. incredible. At a podium, you're (laughs) terrible. Right. So, (laughs) but Kevin Warren doesn't have the Super Bowls and have fans. So I think fans looked and were like, this is, what is he saying? It's a word salad. It's corporate talk. But when you get him on the side, here it is. So let, let us go through it. What, what are your, what were your big takeaways uh, when you spoke with him? Well, you know, yes. For one, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, any any shred of the old alliance is obviously dead and gone. I had him go through and just say, I, you know, what are your impressions of the other Power Five commissioners? And he was very laudatory of Greg Sankey, jokingly referred to him as G. Sank. Uh, said that they're, uh, <laughs> they, they have a lot of similarities, he thinks, in how they view things. He was was very complimentary of Brett Yormark. Said he really likes him. Said he's very smart and thinks he's going to be a genius marketer. Uh, and then we got to the awkward ones, and it was Jim Phillips. Well, yeah, I, saw, I spent a minute with him in Selma, and moved on past that. That was when the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 all sent players and administrators to Selma to for a little civil rights history thing, and that was just very recently. Um, and then George Kliakoff was back, like, yeah, we'll talk. Uh, they have not talked since he absolutely crippled uh, Kliakoff's Pac-12 by taking USC and UCLA, but they're supposed to set up a call for after Pac-12 media days, which is today, Thursday, the day that we're taping this. So that was interesting. You know, he, he very much aligned himself with Greg Sankey, uh, as I guess he should, because their two conferences are going to dominate everything. Expansion, he said, no, he has not closed the door on that. But he also said, yes, the next three to five years will be the period of great change. So my sense was, despite what some people have reported, I don't think they're targeting, Big Ten is targeting anybody for imminent expansion. Uh, They probably have a few people they're looking at, but there's no rush whatsoever. They They may decide they need nobody. They may decide they want two. They may decide they want four. Uh, and again, Notre Dame is probably sitting in a very important position in deciding how that all plays out. Let's let's stop. Let's stop on that. Okay, I agree with you. I, there was a report. Oh, they're looking. These are just sort of like a possible. I, I did not take that as like they're actively working on this. Other than Notre no. Dame, they can get anybody they want in one phone call, and the ACC schools. So the idea that they're like targeting Oregon and Washington, there's no target. You just call them up. You return the <laughs> yeah. call. They're calling you. 
You answer the phone is what you do and say, we'll take you done. So I thought it was very interesting. He's not ruling it out, but does it make sense? And, you know, I don't, other than Notre Dame, I don't know what makes sense. So they're about to sign this TV deal. Mark Silverman of, uh, of the, of Fox, who's, you know, part of handling this said they're going to, they're going to come up with their next tier deals in the next few weeks. So if they were about to add teams, you would think they would do that before they sign a TV deal, right? I mean, what? Yeah. Why yeah. would you just sign a TV deal and then add more mouths to feed? What is the, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So I think they're done for now. And I think, yeah. I think one of the more underreported aspects of this is this wasn't just about building up the Big Ten. It was wiping out the competition as a plan B and making NBC and or CBS or the streaming services even more desperate to get into the Big Ten's uh, package. They have to get the Big Ten now and get in on it. Fox is going to have half of it. They're going to get a lot of good games. And then what is it going to be? Is it some ESPN? They got to get in. That ESPN cannot sit there and say, we'll just take the Pac-12 and do that as our late night. The Pac-12 may not exist. The Pac-12 is not nearly as exciting. You just took their big brands. So does ESPN say, all right, we got to pay more to get into the big? Does CBS have to pay? Because they cannot now say, all right, well, we're, we can't afford the Big Ten, but we're going to get in on, we're going to be the Pac-12's TV network. Right. All these. That was as big of a deal as anything else. And they have accomplished that destabilization. Totally. Yeah. No, they they changed the the negotiating rights uh, landscape very much in in that one fell swoop. And yeah, there there will be a higher premium to pay to get in on Big Ten games. And you have to guess you have to get like ESPN can't just say, well, screw it. We'll let that be a Fox deal and 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 Apple TV and NBC or whatever. ESPN still got to maintain that Big Ten presence for sure. And what are you going to show late at night? Yeah. I mean, you're going <laughs> to, that's the thing is you, you now have USC and UCLA playing big 10 games on Saturday nights too. You know, uh, you, you, you can show those PAC 12 games, but you want the USC and UCLA night games too. And, and, and again, is this okay? Cause I think sometimes well, it depends who you talk to in college sports. And there's a lot of people that, they, they've come up through college sports and they're looking through the old prism of like, this is what we do. Hey, this is how they built the Big East. That's why it was so successful in markets. Kevin Warren is coming from a whole different perspective. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. Right. Doesn't even probably know what the hell they were doing 20 years ago. And you can say, all right, well, we're going to still show some good games. We're going to have Oregon and Utah. Yeah, once. But you're yeah, going to go right. up against USC, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. There's only so many viewers at a given time. And so you have to find a time when you're the A game or else that casual fan is going to watch the other game. You remember those, yeah. those weird Saturdays? Where it's like it's like the 3.30 window Eastern time. Yeah. And there's like CBS would have their big SEC game and then Ohio State's got a big game and, and then the Pac-12 and then USC and UCLA are playing or something like, you know, like, and you're 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 like four. You're trying to switch between four games, and you're like, I can't do four, right? So that Baylor Oklahoma State games, just I can't do it. Yeah, no. See you. The more you, the more you flip around, the more Dr Pepper commercials. If we own the window of late night Saturday, which the Big Ten probably does now. Now USC and UCLA are going to hate playing every one of their games, home games at night. But yeah, the fans already complaining. They're already about complaining, that. but this is you just got bailed out. This is you should have thought of that. None of this That's stuff right. is better for the fans. And again, when I always say, when your athletic department is telling you how much more money they have, it's not your money. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your money. And again, yeah, they don't care about the inconvenience to you. Sorry, you now have they to drive three hours uh, late on a Saturday night no. game. Saturday night games suck for fans if you don't yeah. live in the town. Right. So. They have now control that window because they can put better games up. They will put a big 10, almost every big 10 team has a bigger following than every pack uh, remaining pack 12 team. Sure. Oregon. What? Okay. But like Iowa has a lot of fans, Minnesota, oh, yeah. Purdue, 
you know, the, we're not even just talking Michigan State. We're not even talking the main ones. Yeah, your, your, your USC, Ohio State is going to be a blockbuster. Your Michigan, USC is going to, but that's not it. It's that Saturday night. Oh, UCLA's playing. Wisconsin, oh, watch the Badgers bang. They're going to get a million people. And you're going to, those million are going off the other. So I don't know where we started with this, but I don't see the need to expand. I think they're they're making a deal right now. They're going to wait and see what happens. Notre Dame obviously plays a big role in that. And I guess we can get to the Notre yeah. Dame part. But yeah, there's one more thing on the, 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 just on the TV deal. I mean, like basically from what we were hearing there, I mean, like they just have to redline the thing. I mean, they, if, if they needed to get it done, like in two days, they could get it done in two days. Right. It might take longer just to, to iron out all details, but, but they're basically done with the TV deal, which means they're basically done with expansion for now. So now expanding the playoff is another deal. That was interesting. I, you know, not so much that Kevin Warren is is no longer terribly interested in automatic qualifiers, uh, and I think ultimately, really, what he was interested in, Dan, in the that in in terms of joining the alliance and blockading things, was he was working for Fox there. I think of like we're we're letting this contract run out, and we're letting Fox come in as a major player, and it's not just going to be an ESPN thing. I think that was his block as much as anything in standing up against the 12 team model. But then the 16 team model has come up multiple times here recently. Let me add one thing to that. I agree. Yeah. Because what mm-hmm. were we screaming about last year? It made no sense for the Big 10 to say we don't want a 12 team six automatic bid playoff. <laughs> right. Where where we're not guaranteed by name one of the spots of the six automatic qualifiers. At no way, shape, or form will the Big Ten champion ever not be in the top six. Right. It, 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 it's imp- especially now that you're getting rid of uh, divisions. Your only yeah. chance was some ran- weird year where everybody sucked in the West and somehow Northwestern or somebody got in it with a bad record and lost all their non-con games and then upset Ohio State. Yeah. It was your, right. and it, that's going to happen one every 40 years. It's it. So we said, this makes no sense. Why are you blocking this? Well, Fox wanted it blocked. I, I hundred yeah. percent. that. Yeah. The PAC 12 and ACC should be ashamed that they ever fell for that. Okie doke. You dumbass. You dumbass. Quote. <laughs> you fell for that. I mean, he, he <laughs> completely flipped them. Oh yeah. We don't need those automatic bids anymore. I kind of agree with Sankey. I've, I've come around on that. Like this is a lot that you hear my argument. It took what? Like 11 seconds. <laughs> like, what are you yeah. talking about? You're always going to be in the, in the automatic bid. That's the whole argument. It should take 11 seconds. Yeah. It wasn't like this long persuasive <laughs> argument. He absolutely conned those guys. Absolutely double crossed them. And they yeah. fell for it. Oh, yeah, they did. Shame on him. Eh, shame on them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You cannot trust anyone in this thing. No. And they trusted the Big Ten and went along. And Pac-12, Klykoff was like, I why are you, I, I'm in favor of expansion. You just voted against it. Yeah, I don't know what's, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at least Phillips was, was holding on to his, like, we're going to review everything. It's all going to work out. I mean, not the world's view that seems to be relevant to modern college football, but at least he had, like, this pie-in-the-sky worldview. Yeah, I mean, he had a plan of things he thought were more important to deal with. He was wrong, so, but... Oh, yeah. To, I mean, it was now all of a sudden the big, big tens like, yeah, we don't care. We're getting in anyway. <laughs> right. No kidding. You're getting in. upon further review. Yeah. So unbelievable so, on that. So all right, yeah. playoff. Yeah. 16 teams. Yeah. You know, there's this talk out there now and it keeps kind of coming up. It, it And, and it, it it's funny because like the phrasing of what people say is exactly the same. So I, I don't really, you know, that always makes me think there's there's some sort of concerted discussion going on here. But everybody says, yeah, that's all of a sudden become a lot more uh, prominent in the last two, three weeks. Everybody says that, those exact same words. Like Warren says it, Barry Alvarez says it, Gene Smith says it. Okay. So I'm, I'm just curious what exactly, if, 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 if they've decided they want this floated or what. I think 16 teams is a bad idea. I do not want a 16-team playoff. Uh, we can go through the reasons why. But go ahead. 
Okay. Too many games. Flat, pure, and simple. I mean, the one thing that they were selling with the 12-team playoff is that only in rare occasions could anybody play as many as 17 games. You know, you'd have to be a uh, in that first round of conference uh, you have to be games, seated uh, five to twelve and make the title. Five game. to twelve, yes, and make the title game. And now that point, everybody that, one, that random team is so happy to play a seventeenth game, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Now everybody who makes the championship game is playing seventeen games. Everybody who makes the semifinals is playing sixteen games, unless they're coming up with some crazy ass format, which I don't think they would, where there's buys involved. Uh, but you know, it'd be a standard sixteen team bracket and everybody would play four rounds of the playoff you'd have to push everything to start week zero which i don't think is a very good idea in and of itself you'd have to get everything wrapped uh you'd maybe get like what one week off after conference championship games and start middle of december uh you're going to be messing even more with the academic calendar you're messing with the holiday calendar for god forbid the players should have a holiday uh, and you're ending up playing 17 games, which I think is too many for still largely not fully compensated young adults. So I agree with that. You know, look, they're going to change. My guess is is this is let me say this. I wrote a book, as you all know, and I'm not promoting to sell it because buy some book that I actually get more royalties on. <laughs> not because I don't want you reading the book. If I was getting good royalties on that thing. I would totally. <laughs> We'd hear more about. I'm not gonna. It, yes. I'm not gonna say that I'm not doing it out of like the goodness. Like I'm humble. No, <laughs> <laughs> that thing would buy me. Buy me the thirty rack I'm gonna buy this week. <laughs> I'd tell you to go buy Death to the BCS, but don't. So we had a 16 team playoff in the in the Death to the BCS, and the <laughs> the reaction from the many of the voices that are talking now about hey this thing kind of makes sense was like yeah you would have thought <laughs> we said they should deflate the footballs and stuff them with uh, feathers. <laughs> Lo and behold, we're back. We're back. I'm telling you, this is my summer of me. <laughs> Retro. My, Old my school. summer of me. Now, this here's the difference, though. A, back then, in 2010, 2011, there were, there were 11 conferences. Our plan was 16 teams, all 11 conferences get an automatic bid. There were 11 conferences and nine of them. There were, there were six major conferences because the Big Ten was still, Big East was still rolling. Yeah. Then there was the Mountain West, which had Utah, BYU, TCU, like they were good. Yep. There was the WAC, which had Boise State, which was really humming under Peterson and Fresno. Uh, and they, 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 they were good. They could produce a really good team that was capable of winning a game. Both of those. Yep. There was also Conference USA, which had a lot of what became the American, which became now the the, the uh, Big 12, right? Yeah. So th there yep. were nine real. And then you still had your Sun Belt and your Mac. And right. since the, that, we've had undefeated Sun Belt Mac teams that are would be fun to have in a playoff. Sure. Right? Northern Illinois, uh, Bo uh, Western Michigan was undefeated under uh, PJ Fleck, Coastal Carolina, right? So generally, yeah, like you, you had eleven. Okay, so yeah, the usually most years the top two, the bottom two or three seeds, the sixteen, the fifteen, the fourteen, were going to be non-competitive. But mm -hmm. that was a reward for your Alabama, your Michigan, your Georgia. You get sure. an easy game. Right. There were only five at large. So everyone was like, this will destroy the regular season. It would not. You would end no. up with basically nine major conference teams. And then you'd have Notre Dame in there. And so you, you could lose a game and still make it. But so did Georgia lost its last game before the champion for the playoff last year. We've seen this a million times. Right. But you, it yeah. was not going to decimate the regular season. Okay. Now we're down to 10 leagues. And... Three are, I mean, you know, three to five are competitive. And then you kind of, maybe there's one more. It's not the same. No. So no, there's a much wider, wider gap much between wider the haves gap. and the have nots. They gobbled up all those top teams. Utah, TCU. Right. Everyone pretty much with Boise has gone into a league. Cincinnati, Central Florida. All these leagues are now, all these teams are in. So it's a, I, I, I am with you. I oppose it. So the goal was like, look. 
I got I did some look at this. Okay, so if you just do the top sixteen with no automatic bids, that's a terror. That's not. I do not like this playoff at all for college football. And I'll give you the games: Oklahoma at Alabama, Iowa. This is last year. Iowa as the fifteen seed would have a rematch with the Michigan team, just destroyed them in the Big Ten game, making the mm-hmm. Big Ten championship completely useless. Oregon at Georgia, BYU at Cincinnati, Oregon had just lost its Pac-12. So you're taking those conference championships that are already pretty meaningless and really making them meaningless. Yeah. And you get a little better seeding. But, like, Oregon won that, uh, lost the Pac-12. They're at Georgia. Utah won it. They go to at Ohio State. Your games in the (laughs) middle are good. BYU at Cincinnati, Pitt at Notre Dame, Michigan State at Baylor, Oklahoma State at Ole Miss. But Mm -hmm. I don't want a a season, I don't prefer a season where an Iowa is in last year. Oh, God, no. So, no. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they did, they I did nothing. I that Iowa team in person. Right. So, okay, great. Go get killed again. But now, also, too many games. This is the thing about when you're playing, if Alabama has to play um, someone from the MAC, it's an easy game physically. Playing Oklahoma is not, even if the Oklahoma team is right. not bad. It's like right. not all games are created equal. So I agree. That's why there's too many games. Now Alabama's going to play Oklahoma. Now we get some more good games. It's not the worst, but I do think this would have a, a an impact on the regular season. Uh, I think they need to be very careful about that. Now, if they went to 10 automatic bids, you would have NIU, you have Northern Illinois at Alabama, Texas, San Antonio at Michigan, Utah State at Georgia, Louisiana at Cincinnati. And then you'd have the same six yeah, at large. Yeah, basically at large. It, 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 here's the thing. You can say, well, we're going to have 10 automatic bids, but if Alabama's grabbing the automatic bid, it doesn't matter if they're an automatic bid or an at-large. The field doesn't change from 16 at-large much if you have six or four automatic bids. It, it's it, it, 16 at-large teams and six automatic bids and six and 10 would give you the exact yeah. same field. Right. So it's a distinction without a difference, and it would be very little. So I don't like it. I This is why I like the 12. You just give Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati that off week, and yeah. you get – but am I going to hate more games? I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it would hurt a little bit the regular season. But what are they looking at? Inventory. Absolutely, that's what they're looking at. And that's just what, what, what gets us our biggest check from the combined entities of ESPN and Fox when they – bid on the new playoff that's that is certainly what they're thinking but event at some After point they've locked them into the regular season right so right. I mean, you, you, sec and big 10 are gonna have this long this nice rich regular season deal and you go well you're gonna hurt the regular season we don't care we already got that money yeah oklahoma at alabama as a 16 v1 it's gonna rate uh for sure but you know I, again this gets us I, like this would be a bigger playoff than the NFL has if you have 16 yeah, teams. Yeah, 14 and I know there's in the more, NFL. Yeah, 14, and even going to 14 was a bit much. And then in the NFL, there were buys. There were rewards for, for being the number one seed uh, and one, getting a buy. One buy now in the NFL. Basically yeah. what they did, instead yeah. of giving two buys, they gave one, and they're making the second seed play. Yeah. This would be no yep. buys. But you'd get a presumably right. easier game. But I think the easier game is when you're playing MAC champion Northern Illinois, not you're getting an Oklahoma team that hasn't been great, but it's still very dangerous. Sure. Yeah. They're recruiting the same guys you are probably may may not be getting all of them, but yeah. So no, I just, I, I I do not want to see a 16 team playoff. I would, I would rather see eight than 16. I think 12 was the seat sweet spot. I think 12 would work very well. I hope we still end up at 12, but if it's, if they're, I would rather be smaller at eight than larger at 16. And, you know, they're looking at maybe 12 with four automatic bids, right? Instead of six. Right. Something like that that sneaks in a couple mm-hmm. more of the, the Big Ten SEC. I I don't know. I just, I felt like we had the six, the 12 with six was really good. It was a very elegant solution. I thought that was the way to go at this point. Uh, I did like yep. 16 when we had 11 conference champions and nine conferences were pretty damn good. Right. I mean, I, I would, uh, I, that's, yes, I can go way back, and I've always been in favor of let every FBS conference champion be in. That was, I thought, the fairest way, and you have more of an NCAA basketball tournament flavor. But 
as you pointed out, the disparity now between these conferences is large and getting well, like, larger. If you did the 10 automatic bids, and I just don't see how this is even on the table, but you'd get, okay, Northern Illinois at Alabama said Oklahoma at Alabama. You get Texas San Antonio at Michigan instead of Iowa at Michigan. You get Utah State at Georgia instead of Oregon at Georgia. You get Louisiana at Cincinnati instead of BYU at Cincinnati, right? And then the rest yeah. of the same. Pitt, Notre Dame, Utah, Ohio State, Michigan State, Baylor. So I would prefer, I guess, the, the, the everybody in. But that said, like, other than Louisiana at Cincinnati, first three are just, I mean, what are we doing? Right. We're lining up and to kick someone. Might as well have a vibe. And if you're television, yeah. if you're going to stage this game, yeah, you want big names. Why not get the you good number? So I get it. If you're going to yeah. go to 16, like who the hell wants to watch no Alabama destroy Northern Illinois? Right. Oh, uh, maybe maybe one year it gets close or something like that, or maybe there is an upset. It's it's. I'll say this: it's it's hard to say, but it's probably more likely a 16-1 upsets than this than in basketball, which has only had one because. The 16 seeds in basketball are like the 278th best team in the country. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Northern Illinois is probably like 43rd. Mm -hmm. Chances of them beating Alabama, not good. Still, yeah. Okay, but one out of 30 or something, one out of 20. Yeah. But in college basketball, we've had one ever. Right. The other reason why it's not going to happen was, was, of course, that that would require more sharing of the sugar by the power right, conferences right. with the non-power conferences. But there's yeah. so much money. I mean, there's this thing would create a couple bill. This would be worth a couple billion dollars. The twelve teamer is worth, they think, at least one point two million, uh, one point two billion. This could be worth. I mean, these are hundred million dollar games. Yeah. So you're adding what four more games? I mean, there, yeah. At least? I, I, so mm -hmm. I'm worried about it. I don't know. That would be a drastic jump, four to sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. You think? I like the buy. The one thing it would do is presumably create and hopefully create two rounds of home games. Right. Well, yes. Now, if we if we can get people weaned off of Boldham, I, I'm just hopeful we get one round of of. Oh, God, I guess home. I mean, how you cannot ask Alabama fans to travel four straight weeks. No. Michigan fans for I mean just enough with the bowls they're stealing from you. Yeah. If a team can't do it, if their stadium isn't winterized and you you know reserve they can you know reserve a stadium somewhere. Will it be clunky sure. But enough with the bowl experience. Enough with the all this stuff. That's the Sears and Roebuck crap. Right. Like it said it, bowl it games is. could be fun and January 1st was fun. You woke up and you watched 14 games at the end of the night. You go, I think Florida State's best. It was so wasn't fun going to Blockbuster. So wasn't it fun when Kevin Warren got the Sears catalog mailed to his house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you just scroll through Amazon. Mm -hmm. And the, the bowls, you've got to make those things home games. Absolutely awesome if they're home games. Yeah, no, I, I mean, as we have said, they would be the biggest games some of these campuses have ever had, you know? Easy, and biggest so, event ever. Yeah. I mean, look at this. Yep. Let's do the 16, the 16 all at large. I mean, Oklahoma at Alabama in a playoff game? Phenomenal. Okay, it's clunky with the Iowa-Michigan one, but whatever. Oregon at Georgia in a playoff game? Yeah. That Oregon team walked in and beat Ohio State. Right. BYU at Cincinnati. Pitt at Notre Dame. The winner yeah. of Pitt-Notre Dame goes to Cincinnati. <laughs> Utah at Ohio State. Second round, Ohio State at Georgia. Why would you ever play that anywhere other than Georgia? Right. Michigan State at Baylor. Incredible game. Mm -hmm. Winner goes to Michigan. Oh, boy. Michigan, yeah. Michigan State in a playoff game in Ann Arbor on December 17th. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh my God. The world would end. Michigan State just beat them. Oklahoma State. Imagine if Michigan State and Michigan have to play and they put the damn thing in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> yeah, that would be a travesty. This is what the, yeah. That would be Stop it. Yeah. With the Bulls. <laughs> Stop it. 
Oklahoma State at Ole Miss. Winner goes to Alabama. Ole Miss at Alabama playoff game. Yeah. With a week of Lane hyping it up. Get your popcorn ready. Bama oh, probably yeah. crushes them. So what? I mean, these are incredible events. And you want to take them and put them at sterile bowl places and make your booster spend money to travel to go watch it. Yeah. When I think Michigan State at Michigan, when Michigan State, Michigan, I think Alamo Bowl. <laughs> I think Cherry World. I mean, at least play the damn thing in Detroit or something. Like, just play. Like, it's just, oh, well, we don't have a relationship with their downtown guys. Don't come to the Fiesta Frolic. They're downtown development authority. We don't even know. They, they act like they, these other cities don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis? Never heard of it. What is it? <laughs> we can't go there. Oh. I, don't, I mean, you got to get off of the bulls, please. If we're going to destroy all tradition, why would we stick to that one other than they're paying you off? You guys we literally have said we care about nothing. If you care about this, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> and I know, and hey. someone will pay me to go to the, I'm not the booster, but think about how awesome those games would be. I mean, it's pretty good. Maybe they're selling me on this 16 thing. I, uh, I did ask Kevin Warren about, um, Got to protect our bowl partners. About about the Rose Bowl, he said he said he loves the Rose Bowl. And would like to sign a hundred year contract with the Rose Bowl to do what? Put but, your fifth best. But then in it? said the Rose Bowl is going to have to evolve. Yeah, here's the thing: two rounds, Rose Bowl semifinal game every year. Take it. Sugar Bowl, other semifinal championship game. You move around the country like the Super Bowl. No bowl tie. Rest of you bowls. Sears and Roebuck. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you guys can get some other games, some lower league teams. I don't care. The pageantry of the Chick Fil A Bowl. Uh, Dan, you're fa failing to factor in the history and tradition of we, the we Cotton just said, Bowl. We don't care. <laughs> I, I know. Let's. Uh, we got to make sure Michigan plays Michigan State down in Atlanta because um, back in the day. <laughs> the executive director was good friends with the old uh, SEC commissioner. They played golf. They're golfing buddies together. So <laughs> if you put uh, these things on home, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not, I, I'm fine with the 12 and the six. I would love to see only, only the semifinals and finals. I wouldn't even do the semifinals, by the way, but I understand. Yeah. I'm trying to be reasonable. But no, but truly, if, 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 if anybody gives a damn about the fans, which they don't, you make them travel one time to a championship game. I mean, if you if you want to go on a road game, like if your team's a four seed and you want to go watch them play the one seed in a semifinal on that team's campus, fine. But well, you in get terms a, you of get an allotment like you always do, 10,000 seats or something, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This but, thing called but if you really, Yeah, if you care about the fans... You make them travel one time to a playoff game. They do not. No. All right. My favorite Kevin Warren thing, he kept talking about how expansion we would consider the academic interests of the student athletes. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, do you get oh. to, like, does some kid at Iowa now get to take, like, a class at USC? Well, trust me, I, 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 we heard quite a bit about that when we sat down. It's like, you know, these kids, kids at Michigan can now go and get into a – Study at USC or UCLA is like, eh, we're, how many people are we talking about here? We're doing this yeah. for how many? You know, like I don't know. Anyway. Five, All right. What else kids? do we got? We got off the trail here, but there's a lot came out of it. Yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. 
Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The other thing that was, I mean, truly eye-opening was exactly how ugly it got in 2020 for Kevin Warren. Uh, yeah. Like, you could say death threats, but there were, like, torrents of death threats. I mean, like, constant, daily, and and very yeah. pointed. Not just, like, you better watch out. It was like, I will put a gun to your head. Uh, stuff like that. There was a guy... Um, I mean, he, he told me it was, it was one person that it was email or what said that if he had three bullets and he had Saddam Hussein, Adolf Hitler and Kevin Warren in front of him, he'd expend all three bullets on Kevin Warren. Uh, I mean, just like unhinged stuff. This was football and people took it to an incredible, violent, uh, nasty extreme. And they turned over a lot well, of stuff remember, to law enforcement. It became, you know, COVID, it took a dark turn. Very. And, you know, like if you weren't, if you weren't into like ripping your mask off, you didn't believe in free, you know, it just got very political and, and it played to fringes. Yeah. And did Kevin Warren initially make the wrong choice? Uh, could, could you safely play college football? Yes, you could. So he made the, but it, it, it's a like wrong choice coming out of well-meaning. Right. You know, it's no yeah. popularity in today's, you know, it does not play to the, the fringe. It's just you're an right. awful person and you should die. But yeah. it was like, it yeah. wasn't like he got to be the Big Ten commissioner and said, I don't want to play football. <laughs> right. It was like, exactly. I think we shouldn't do it. I was like, yeah, I'm worried about people. I've seen a lot of people going to the hospital or the morgue. I'm kind Whatever. of worried about yeah. this. He just was like, we can't do it. So well-meaning people made choices one way or the other. And then not well-meaning people exploited those choices for political or profit gain or media popularity or whatever, and just screaming. And it riles people up, and all of a sudden, someone's literally threatening to murder the Big Ten commissioner, okay? Yeah. Like, where? <laughs> this country's wild, man. It's wild. <laughs> like, eh, okay, disagree. Wish it wouldn't happen. Anyway, they ended up playing. So, well, he's he's back yeah. now. Yeah, They're that's the thing. I mean, really, just, it, it's an unbelievable turn of events to get from that point uh, and where some people are like, I I'm not even sure he can have a second year on the job to now him, like you said, strutting in like Vince McMahon and talking about basically we, we you know, we're, we are the cutting edge and everybody else can get in line behind us and behind me. Although I think Vince McMahon just got like thrown out of his own company because he was like sexually <laughs> assaulting. So I apologize for that. Uh, you know, kind of, it wasn't quite what I meant. I don't need a death threat or any of that. I don't no, know what no, happened with the no. WWE. Vince McMahon. We're a podcast full of love and positivity. No death We're threats. We're all, here, hey, please. man. Kumbaya. We're like Jim Phillips. <laughs> I'm going to go shop at Sears today. Is there one around? I don't even know. I'm going to go to Sears. See what they there, got. Are, there are still some around. I did. It's I good looked to get it up. Like they the filed for bankruptcy. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, get your tires it, it, changed it, it, while you're shopping for suits. I mean, they get everything. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That was exactly what I was going to say. That, yes, you go in and get new tires while you're buying your back to school clothes. You're very cheap. Uh, back to school clothes. That was that was kind of the 40 M. We we when I was a kid, we did a lot of time at, at Sears and Roebuck or or looking at the catalog yeah. either way. Bring back the blue bonnet bowl. <laughs> I've changed my opinion from two minutes ago. I'm like <laughs> Kevin Warren. Oh, I remember now a very exciting. I don't mind. You're right. We will make yeah. it every year. <laughs> uh, what the <laughs> what the heck? All right, let's talk about one team. Uh, a couple, two, couple quickly. Some Big Ten teams. Yeah, there was some yeah. football. If they go 16 teams, like it'll change the way things are looked at. Like you know, how, like like Michigan State basketball is on like a you know, probably like some 25 year streak of NCAA tournament. Like Carolina's in every year. Like certain teams are just going to be in every year. One of those would be Ohio State, presumably. Hard to miss when it's yes. top 16. Well, that's for sure. I can't imagine the, the, the level of catastrophe that would be if viewed you don't at, make, given what yeah. Ryan Day had to say. Yeah. Yeah, you would have to make. So Ryan Day, Ohio State, obviously this team is loaded on offense, loved his comments. 
loved his comments. We should win every game. That was pretty much, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but we should win every game. 11 and two is miserable. We should yeah. win the Big Ten, go to the playoff, try to win the national championship. We have a new defensive coordinator. We should be a top 10 defense. There is no like, we're going to try a little harder. Boys are, boys are hitting hard. We've been good in the weight room. Expectations. This was like the Bucknut fan board. <laughs> undefeated top 10 defense. You get a top 10 defense, you're going to go undefeated. Might even beat Bama. Because they're guaranteed to have a, like a top five gonna be offense. A top five offense. <laughs> so I thought this was like, wow, just lean into it. And uh, yeah, refreshing, right? He threw it down. He really did. And then, and like you could almost taste the bitterness from losing last year uh, at home to Oregon, but then especially, obviously, to Michigan and, and just getting punked in the second half by Michigan. I mean, you could you could almost feel that. And at one point, Ryan Day said, "I think it was might not have been at the podium, but but like off on the side." And they did side kind of breakout things that, uh, you know, yeah, we we experienced what it's like to lose that that rivalry game and we never want to feel it again. It's like, well, I mean, I, I know you're used to beating Michigan, but to think you're never going to lose to Michigan again, I, I don't know. But it just the level of expectation, the level of kind of bitterness from last year, the level of urgency, I think, this year, because I think he knows how good his team is, uh, that that he was he was pushing, and so are his players, too. I mean, C.J. Stroud, I talked to him, and he said, basically said, you know, I don't really think I did anything great last year. It's like, wait a minute, you were a Heisman finalist in your first year playing college football. It's like, yeah, you know, I just didn't really feel like I did anything great. And it's kind of like that whole mindset now of there's only one thing that we consider great, and that's winning every game and winning the championship. Yeah, I don't know what, I mean, duck better when Ojabu and Hutchinson were coming at him. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Could have been, a, he could have played better in the Michigan game. I will give him that. But that, yeah, he accomplished yeah. plenty. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah. No, I thought it was, I thought it was very, and you look, you look at the schedule. Look, it's the Big Ten slate. You got Michigan, you got Penn State, you got Michigan State. You also have a non-conference game against Notre Dame at home. I mean, it was just, I this team should be really, really good. They've got, mm -hmm. they've got everything. You know, they're going to need the thing I thought they really lacked last year. The offensive line was not great, and I thought they were. I hate using this term because every one of these guys would beat the living crap out of me, obviously. But there was a softness back. They got pushed around. They got pushed around no by doubt. Michigan. They got pushed around by yep. Utah. They got to yep. be tougher in the trenches, and defensively, they just did not have the the Bosa brother or Chase Young kind of guy that just came up huge on the edge and just was too much for somebody to handle. Michigan yeah. had those guys. Ohio State did yeah. not. That was a huge differentiating factor right there. Yeah. And so, you know, they have to get tougher. Ohio State cannot get pushed around. I mean, it's just the program cannot not be tough. This yeah. is this is Woody Hayes' program. Uh, it just that can't happen again. Now I, you know, how do you solve that and all those things? I don't know. I, these are all tough guys. You're not sitting at the top of the Ohio State depth chart, but they have to get tougher. And if they can do that, yeah, I think they're they're sitting there at a national title game, taking on Alabama yep. or something. I mean, they're gonna be really hard yeah. to beat. And so. I look at I look at it and go, yeah, I don't I don't I don't think Notre Dame has enough to beat them, and I don't think Michigan's got enough to beat them, and I'm Penn State or Penn State. So I would I'm kind of with Ryan Day on this. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, I'm I'm looking back now at some of the quotes, and that is 100 percent why they brought in Jim Knowles is not it was not as much a scheme thing as a we're just going to be tougher on defense thing, you know. And he said. Uh, he said, we've got to stop the run. There were a couple games last year we didn't do that. He said, what's that got to look like? He said, we got to have a bunch of guys run to the ball and blow up a play in the backfield and then have 10 guys jumping up and down around the play. He said, our defense has to be edgy. That's the way it should be. And I think he felt like they did not have enough of an edge. This is comment about Michigan. He said, we had to sit on that for a calendar year. It's not good. It's something we never want to have to go through again. Well, and he's Michigan's where they got – they couldn't stop the run. I mean, that was it. They they needed yeah. to make Cade McNamara beat them, and Cade McNamara didn't have to. So, 
you know, a lot. It's kind of old school Big Ten. It kind of just comes down to, you know, comes back down to one one game. But that's it's going to be a big one. All right, Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh was chatty this year. Sometimes he says nothing. Sometimes he says a lot. Seemed like he was way more chatty. He said he would, uh, uh, he took his pro-life stance and said he would adopt or yeah. raise any kid. Yeah, than his, his players had that, uh, yeah, that they didn't feel like they could care for. That I was, certainly that am not going to weigh into the abortion debate here, but I do believe that's an extra mm-hmm. benefit violation. I think you have to say <laughs> you'll do it for every kid on campus, right? <laughs> a weird probably right. <laughs> <laughs> child rearing extra benefit extra benefit offer of child rearing for 18 years <laughs> uh, <laughs> imagine the NCA bureaucrat trying to pro- Jim Harbaugh offered all recruits and players fatherhood <laughs> I mean I, I so uh, hopefully I don't I get wanna, destroyed I whether he mentioning re- abortion on this broadcast because I'm trying not to uh, just saying. Did he did he run that by his wife Compliance? or not? No. She, he gets well, home and she's like, "What did you say, Jim? We are not taking in more children." <laughs> yeah, there's that. All of a sudden, we yeah. got a big house. Like Jim, what? Yeah. There's like ten kids in the house or something. Like, what the hell am I doing this? I mean, Jim's already on like his second wave of children. You know, this is yeah, second marriage, he's second a good dad. Uh, he's he's a good dad. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Good God, more, more yeah. whole you milk better and clear that with the wife. kids. Yeah, it's like the opposite. It's like the opposite of the uh, the Jeremy Pruitt. His wife's committing the NSA violations allegedly. <laughs> uh, so this would kind of be actually might be along that line. I don't know. That's a lot of diapers, man. A lot of diapers. I don't know what's going on, but that's <laughs> yeah. hell of an offer. Hell of an offer. Oh, you can yeah. say like I'll be with you. I am behind you, and then just that you're like <laughs> yeah. I'll raise all your kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, to football. <laughs> yes. I thought Michigan was a little like confident and uh and a little like enough with the it was just a one year thing. That's yeah. what I took out of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean they uh I thought there was a definite confidence there and a feeling like we've established ourselves and we're not going backwards, uh, which is always easier said than done, but you know, I think that uh, they they feel like now they've kind of gotten themselves on the footing they need to be on, and the, the you could tell that the losing the Michigan State game obviously was something they they kind of had to swallow. But you turn around and you pound Ohio State, you win the Big Ten, you go to the playoff, you can you can deal with that small bit of uh, of disappointment. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how the quarterback thing plays out there. Sure is. Harbaugh had a great quote where he said, it's going to be very hard to beat out Cade McNamara. It's also going to be very hard to beat out J.J. McCarthy. So, like, you know, somebody's somebody's going to get beaten out, and how that goes over, we'll see. I expect J.J. McCarthy to be the starter. Hmm. If not from the start at some point. I just think yeah. he's a more dynamic yeah. player. That said, I'm the guy that kept questioning the law firm of Stetson Bennett and was proven wrong. <laughs> Kate yes. McNamara is good, but J.J. McCarthy gives you that extra pop. I'd rather have a, a ready J.J. McCarthy going into the horseshoe the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly understand that. He's he, he's absolutely a better runner. He's got a bigger arm, too. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he may end up being, he may just end up being the demonstrably better of the two. Boy, Mac- McNamara is a—he's a very good leader. You know, he's going to give you all that leadership, intangible stuff, and it, it, I just think it's going to be tough to to go into fall camp and then come out and say, "Yeah, Cade, you know, you got us to the playoff, but you're out. Yeah. This guy's in." It's it's hard to make those choices, and that's but that's why you get eight million dollars or whatever. Um, that's right. I mean, I don't. Know, I just think we'll see. McCarthy's been hurt. We'll see what his development is. Um, look, he made the fumble against Michigan State that that was a huge play in that game. Yeah, um, which was their only loss. But he was a true freshman. Now he's a sophomore. He's a five star, four star kid. He's a big recruit. He's a big player. He's got a lot of talent. Let's see where that goes. But it will be a very that that will be a headline and a debate with Michigan um, all year. And then obviously it's you know, can you get Mike Morris or Taylor Upshaw? Which one of these guys can be? 
you know, can they step into that role of, uh, of, of Hutchinson and Ojabu and maybe not the same level, but how good can this defense be? Um, you know, really good offensive line they should have. Yep. Uh, good running backs, good receivers. I mean, really good receivers. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Receivers. Ronnie Bell, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Bell, and- they lost last year to injury. And I remember he got, I think it was the opener against Western Michigan. He got hurt. It was. Yeah, and I remember return. right then thinking, boy, they're going to need him in the last game. He's a dynamic player. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy that they, now I thought the last game would be Ohio state, not Georgia, but that's the kind of guy, not that Ronnie Bell was going to, was going to be the difference, but he gives you something. How much more yeah. do you get out of Donovan Edwards? Really got a lot. They got a lot. Eric Hall's really good. So high expectations for Michigan. Um, very favorable schedule. Um, you know, can they can they roll all the way uh, unbeaten to to Ohio State? It would certainly going to be they're going to be a big team for us to talk. All right, we'll get to more Big Ten schools as we go because there's a lot of interesting stuff with Purdue, Minnesota. Oh yeah, I mean, Nebraska, Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan Penn State. Yeah, it was a lot, but yeah. Um, yeah. there are more pressing issues, Pat. Uh oh, what do we got? The uh, you know India, the country India is about to become the biggest country mm-hmm. in the world, most populous country. Uh, as you might imagine, they have an army. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the army in India uh, is saying that uh, it is now proved; it has evidence that the abominable snowman is real. <laughs> the army, the Indian army, the Indian this. army. Uh, you know, and is the abominable snowman all right? That's Yeti. And if we decided whether Yeti is related to Bigfoot, I don't know. I don't know what the the deal is. But they have an ar- okay. mountaineering expedition team because you know they got like the okay. Himalayas there, right? Yeah. So that yep. seemed to be something you'd need if you were. Although know, God bless whoever's coming over that mountain to try to invade India. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. But anyway, no. they found footprints measuring thirty-two by fifteen. What? Oh, my God. Close to the Makalu base camp. The abominable snowman, they say, has only been sighted in the Makalu Barren National Park in the past. Now, critics of this say it's actually like this bear that when the way they run, they like their front paws hit and then their back paw, then they push forward and the back paws land right where the front paws are. So it makes it look like there's just <laughs> one huge footprint. Uh, but the Indian like, Army is not can we, can we, us, Let's just back up one step. Who's our source here? Who are you quoting? The Daily Mirror. That's our information. The Daily Mirror. Uh, not even the Daily Mail. No, the Mirror no, is like sub, one step below the Mail. Daily Mirror. Oh, boy. It's like, you know, like the National Enquirer, we kind of named this podcast after. Yeah. And then there was like the <laughs> World News. Like there was even worse ones. <laughs> yeah. Weekly World yeah, News. Right, those yeah. are like, like even lower. Like occasionally the choir would have like a real story. <laughs> the mirror is less yeah it's below the mail <laughs> okay so there is a there is dispute but do you believe the disputers or the indian army is yeti real and has the indian army found yeti the abominable snowman yeah of course i mean i believe it wholeheartedly i mean we know again and i i do think there is they are related they're cousins the the yeti and bigfoot and we know Bigfoot, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the, <laughs> the, go over the old land bridge back in the Bering Strait or whatever. But anyhow, yeah. you know, I mean, if we know if, if Bigfoot's being summoned in Oklahoma, then there's probably some summoning going on in the Himalayas as well. And now we have seen the evidence and Yeti, Abominable Snowman, Israel. I believe the army. I always believe the army, certainly more than any skeptics wanting to tell me about a bear who can miraculously put his front paws into the same spot as his back paws or whatever. Vice versa. It's not really miraculous. It's just the running gait of the bear. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're you're going with a 32 by 15 footprint? Yeah. It's like bigger than Bob Lanier's foot by a lot. Oh, I mean, is Bob Lanier the bomb little snowman? (laughs) <laughs> no, he is not. But he was like had the biggest foot in the NBA. A Shaq, yeah. a size twenty two or whatever. Shaq's pretty big. All right. So uh, there's that, and then there's this. I don't know. I'm not gonna let me tell you what. I'm not messing with the Indian Army. No, no, absolutely not. not. The Indian Army would kill me. <laughs> they can. They would. They will. Yeah, and I'm not fighting them on the mountain. 
<laughs> uh, Himalayan combat. I don't think we'd do too well. Yeah. As a podcast, as a podcast army. I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in our followers, but if we, if we suited <laughs> up and went after India, they got a lot of guys. They got a lot they got of guys. A lot of guys. Numbers, yeah. man. Numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Then we have this at the same time. So this is getting creepy. Researchers at the University of Bath and the University of Portsmouth in the United Kingdom, plus University Hassan II in Morocco, have found fossils that suggest an extinct long-necked reptile that lived in what used to be an ancient river system. Fossils were discovered in what is now Morocco's part of the Sahara Desert over 100 million years ago. It suggests that the Loch Ness Monster is plausible. This may not be the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie, who was in Scotland, but the this creature looks just like the Loch Ness Monster, a long-necked creature that dwells in the loch's depths. Pat, the Loch Ness Monster and the Abominable Snowman may be real. We always believed. We always believed. <laughs> well, this podcast, we are always yes. We we have a strong faith in in all these sort of mythical like said, beasts. Bush lights back. The sixteen team playoff <laughs> ideas back. Loch Ness monster. It's all coming around for me. <laughs> all our all our hits. Yeah. But here's the problem. I mean, like I read that story, and it's like, well, we found some fossils in Morocco, so that means there was a monster in Scotland. I'm a little bit worried we might be making a bit of a leap there. But by all means, as a podcast, we like leaps. Well, also, these bones suggest that the the creature became extinct 66 million years ago, yet we have an actual photo of the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) (laughs) Camera's not around 66 million years ago. It'd be hard to get a photo then. So Uh, The picture was uh, in 1934. Mm -hmm. That weird picture of the thing sticking its neck up. Doesn't even look that tall. Oh, yeah. You've been to yeah, Scotland, like in, haven't you? You covered the British Open over there? I have. Did you see yeah. the Loch Ness Monster? Did you look around? I looked, absolutely. Like the water hazard looked, or something? Every, every <laughs> body of water I saw, I looked to see if the Loch Ness Monster was perhaps around today. But I did not see him. He's cagey, you know? I mean, look, he hadn't <laughs> been seen since 1934. He knows how to keep a low profile. <laughs> very, very, uh, very hidden. Yeah, not bad. All right, well, those are our two big updates, both sent to us by many, many. Um, what about like the the marauding monkeys? Well, yeah, there was that. There's a war. I think we're getting kind of long on this pod, but hey, what the hell? Okay. I guess. <laughs> okay, so a year ago, you and I were both in Japan, in Tokyo, yeah. covering the Olympics. Uh, and I we did we were not allowed out of Tokyo because uh, they had no. all the strict COVID restrictions. So we were not able, big regret was I wasn't able to go around the country at all. Um, because I probably could have found out more about this. Uh, people in a southwestern Japanese city have come under attack from monkeys that are trying to snatch babies that are biting and clawing at flesh and sneaking into nursery schools. Yeah. This is the animal <laughs> Why- wars. <laughs> Why nursery schools? Do they sense vulnerability there? Yeah, they're going after... The, I mean, they're easy to get. You just you take a nap time or something. It's like nap hour. <laughs> 58 people have been attacked since July 8th. 58? Yeah, it's so bad that the Yamaguchi City Hall hired a special unit to hunt the animals with tranquilizer guns. I hope they hired the West Virginia rifle team. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let's get our our ace riflemen out there. The monkeys aren't interested in food, so traps haven't worked. They have targeted mostly children and the elderly. Man. Wow. They are so smart, said one city official. They tend to sneak up and attack from behind, often grabbing at your legs. Holy crap, I'm glad I stayed in Tokyo. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was a good thing we couldn't go anywhere. A woman was assaulted while hanging laundry. Another showed bandaged toes. They were taken aback and frightened by how big and fat the monkeys were. (laughs) Yeah, they've been eating anything they want. Holy moly. They measure about 1.6 feet tall and weigh 7 kilo, 15 pounds. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. they're out there shooting them. The war is un- underway. It Just is. I'll put it at the end. It's, not, it's like the war in Ukraine. You kind of forget about it. It's going on. <laughs> yeah. well, there's, every day, there's a skirmish somewhere. Well, we're with you people Southwest of Southwest Japan. Japan. Shoot to kill. 
tranquilize. <laughs> what do you do? Shoot They're attacking monkeys. At some point, do you not just release them back to the wild? They'll come back to the city. All right. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how you handle the uh, militant monkey population. Yeah, it's a good point. Anyway, many, many stories coming in this week. So we got it. Right, there's our big three. <laughs> Be careful out there, people. The abominable snowman doesn't get you. The Loch Ness Monster will. Or these monkeys. <laughs> or the attack dangerous. Yep. It's dangerous out there. Stay home. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> there you go. We're your safe space. Talk to you later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.